This is Impact Healthcare, people and strategies that are disrupting the health benefits industry. And now, here's your host, healthcare benefits industry expert and the originator of the transparent health benefits movement, Lester Morales. Man, oh man, am I ready for one of our first 2022 Impact Healthcare podcast. And I couldn't imagine starting the year off with anybody any better than Miss Allison DePauli, a founder, a industry veteran from all sorts of sides, and someone who is going to tell it like it is. Allison, <laughs> say hello to our Impact Healthcare crowd. And I love starting these with the why. You know, I'm a why person. Uh, I want to know what drives you every single day. So, hey, thank you for having me. And uh, so what drives me is um, I'm a problem solver by nature. And there are very few problems that you can solve in the world where everybody benefits. And um, this is one where everybody benefits. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to love digging into this. And so when we were when we were prepping for this, uh, and I remember hearing you tell the story and, and, and being a mama's boy myself, you know, anything that has a mom in the story, I'm always paying attention, but you had a very particular situation with your own mother that kind of defines your approach as an advisor. Can you, can you set the stage for us? Yes. So, um, Apples don't fall far from trees. And as direct as I am, she might be a little more direct. And uh, she she's a little older. You know, I'm not a spring chicken. And she's a little bit older. And her primary care physician, who I don't love, but he's okay. But I don't love him since his practice was acquired by a hospital system, which you know is a problem, referred her to a cardiologist. I didn't know anything about this cardiologist, but I knew where the office was. And then she had a problem and she was admitted to the hospital. Her blood pressure was so high, she was about to stroke out. And um, she got another cardiologist who I did not like at all. And it took me two months, but I finally convinced her to give me the correct name and working address of each of these physicians sent it to our super duper secret medical source of information with a note that said subject line, bad daughter that, Hey, you know, if you could just run these two physicians for me, if you have a minute, I just, my mom's cardiologist. I don't think I like either one, but could you just check it out? She said, she sent me a note back the next day and all it said was good daughter, very good daughter and the quality score for each of them. One of them was 27.8. And 27 out of 100. Out of, out of 100. Out of 100. And this data, you know, this, this is CMS data. It's self-reported data. So this is a, is a physician reporting on himself or herself, which about sent me over the edge. The other one had a quality score of 75. And then, and then came... 19 in San Antonio with a quality score. The lowest one was like 98.1 or something like that. So 
I I'm having dinner with my mother and I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring you this. I bring it to her. And she's like, why are you telling me this now? I'm like, well, when, when was I supposed to tell you this before? <laughs> How do I know that this is right? So I have to go through the whole story about where the data comes from and how it comes here. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. Why would, why would Dr. X refer me to such a poor quality dermatologist, excuse me, cardiologist? Well, it's in his system. He has to refer in his system. He probably doesn't know she's such a poor quality physician. That's just the way it is. Why is it that way? I don't know, but why are you mad at me? <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to one of these 19 doctors over here. Fine. And we got her to one of those 19 doctors over there. But All right. before we go, before we get there, because I don't want to I don't want to say that the end of the story here, there's a lot to unpack here. Yes, because there is. If if I'm listening to this, um, I first say, OK, well, wait a second. I'm thinking of this as someone who has consumed healthcare. Mm-hmm. Who looks at people consuming healthcare every day and say, "Your mom has been going to someone she trusts as a primary care physician for X number of years." Yep, and that person made a referral. So let's just stop there and say, in your professional opinion, what percentage of people would have done the same thing? A hundred, ninety-nine point nine. You and right. I would not have done that. I, I, I got to say, I, I probably still might have done that until about five years ago now, knowing what I know, but, exactly. you know, pre-doing that. So, so okay, so my primary care physician makes a referral, and it's to someone that might have a 27 out of 100 score. So, let's, let's dig into this, because um, I'm assuming that your mom has insurance and that her insurance company has this or has access to the same data. Is there, is, is there not a program for, for your mom to call or for a patient to call at the insurance company to, to, to understand this? Nope. They will refer you, but they do not use any metric other than a rotating system of referrals. That's a contractual obligation on their part. So I, I want to dig into that contractual obligation, but but I, I am in network. I have been taught my entire life that I need to stay in network. Yeah. And so you're telling me that this 27 out of 100 person is in network. Yes. This is somebody who has been credentialed by an insurance company, one that's a logo that we all familiar, like understand and see every single day that makes billions and billions and billions of dollars and their stock price goes up and up and up and up. And you're telling me the company that most employers and their employees, i.e. our moms, dads, brothers, sisters, daughters, cousins, babies, everything, trusts, they allow somebody who is a 27 out of 100 in their network. Yes, they do. They also allow people who are seven, eight, six into their network. Okay, so so I can wrap my brain around 
bigger is better, right? So I am XYZ insurance carrier. I sit in front of people and I say, but we have the largest network and everybody's in our network. So I can, I can see the business behind that, but I'm a primary care physician. I went to school to help people. Yep. I now am now owned by a hospital system. And you had stated a couple of things that I want to dig into. One, that they're the carrier, the network is contractually obligated to not necessarily, you know, ruffle any feathers, let's call it. Correct. And two, that this doctor now being owned by the network needs to refer into the system. Dig into those two for me. Sure. So network contracts typically um, have provisions in them where the only the only way a the, the insurance company can refer is through some sort of ordering system. Right. So geography comes up next on the list, something like that. From a provider perspective, one of the terrible things that's happening in our medical community now is physicians are selling their practices to hospitals. Now, in theory, this sounds kind of good, right? They become salaried employees. They, they don't have to worry about the operations of their business. You know, I think doctors in particular are really very harmed by the insurance system. I mean, they may have three or four people in their billing office and one nurse, right? There's, there's an off metric there. So they eliminate a number of those things, right? But they are then constrained onto where they can refer for outpatient, surgical, heart, you know, whatever their specialty is that they're referring to, as well as where they can refer for imaging and lab work. That is not in the interest of the consumer, right? And now, you know, imaging machines are imaging machines, right? Okay. But there is a huge discrepancy in price as to where you have your imaging. But how many people, and it's starting to be a few more, but how many people are going to do something besides the doctor says, go down the hall and have your CAT scan? They're going to go down the hall and have their CAT scan. They're not going to say, wait, hold on. How much does it cost? Was it where, you know, is this the right place? Do I actually need a CAT scan? Do you know that a CAT scan has a thousand times the radiation in it than an X-ray? You really want to do that if you don't need it. Right. Right. So, so, so I want to dig into this referral thing. So I'm your mom. I've got a trusted relationship with somebody I've been going to for years. He now changes employers. I don't think anything of it because it's still Dr. Jones, man. Yep. Me and Dr. Jones go back like rocking chairs. Yeah. And yep. the reality of it is now Dr. Jones's compensation has just is changed. tied to Feeding the system. Correct. And not only feeding the system, what he can do. I asked, you know, there's some research. It, it's a small segment of research about COVID that the people that um, have the most trouble with, with COVID, they have cytokine storms in their body. And that's what ultimately kills them. There's a genetic marker for it. So I wanted her to have the genetic test that catches the marker. He told her that he could not do that, that he that was not something that he was allowed to do. Now, if it's a legal test and she's willing to pay for it, I'm willing to pay for it. Why is that OK? So he and is what, prescribed in what, what he can do. And did he give a reason? 
He said, oh, no, that's outside of our purview. We don't do those things. Interesting. Interesting. So now, you know, I hear that and it's like, for we said it earlier, 99% of the world is going to go to their primary care physician to start the gateway into the healthcare journey. I'm going to go my or their gateway is going to be the emergency room because not enough people have primary care. That's that's a very, very, very good point. So so let's let's play with mom's journey. I go in the primary care way. I've got a relationship with this person. This person went to school, took an oath. Like you'd think because of a primary care physician, that whole job is not to be the, you know, the hammer. It's to be the gloves, right? It's to be the, mm-hmm. hey, I want to take care of all of you. And yep. then depending on what your needs, I'm going to get you to the right spot. So, you know, let's call that the, they're the quarterback of the system. But now this person is now obligated to, through compensation, refer into these people. And I'm curious, did the doctor, I don't know if you went back in this, but I'm, I'm curious, did the doctor know that the doctor, the, the, the specialist, the cardiologist that they were referring to was a 27 out of 100? Did they know that? So I'm not allowed to go to the doctor with my mother. <laughs> so I asked her and she said, well, I just told him that I liked the other doctor better. I'm like, mom. And she's like, that's what I did. Okay. Yeah. So, so now I'm, I'm at this cardiologist. Um, and, and I think about this, like, okay, wait a second. She had blood pressure that was through the roof. Neither her primary care physician or the first cardiologist caught anything. So what had happened was her, her blood pressure medication was starting to fail. She'd been on it for like decades, right? Like 25, 30 years. So quite a long time. And it was starting to fail and kind of between appointments, but it was noticeable. Like her mental acuity was rapidly declining. I I mean, we like, we couldn't have a conversation. And um, she said, I have this headache. I have this headache. And I'm like, sinus infection, go to, go back to the doctor, go back to the doctor. She called the doctor. He wouldn't see her because we're in the middle of COVID. He just prescribed an antibiotic twice, five weeks apart. So nobody actually took her blood pressure. And, um, but it was crazy. You, You literally couldn't have a conversation with her. Finally, she called me one morning and she said, I'm driving myself to the emergency room. I'm like, I'll come get you. She said, it's across the street. Okay drove herself to the emergency room. They put her on a bed, put her flat, got her right into see a cardi into into the cardiologist on call because her blood pressure was so high. So when you don't have good primary care where you can actually see somebody, and I'm willing to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because this was not long after the pandemic started, but not a lot. And um, that's what happens when you don't have good care. Something like this, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm thinking sinus infection. It never occurred to me that her blood pressure medication would be failing. Right. And it never occurred to her either. Right. But neither one of us is a doctor. 
but it's a perfect example of how a medical system that doesn't see people and doesn't have the right incentives can fail somebody. And she could have easily died. She could have stroked out. I, I mean, that that's the thing that keeps going through my head back to she's not a spring chicken. Uh, I mean, th- this, you know, blood pressure spiking. Uh, you don't want to tax the system, you know, any more than it was already being taxed just for not being a spring chicken. Uh, I exactly. mean, the, the, the reality of this. So 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 let's transfer the conversation. Um, because you are a uh, healthcare advisor, you work mm-hmm. with employers on constructing their health plan that they offer to their number one asset, their employees. And this story is so kin to how you work with employers. Walk me through. Okay, well, nothing that you said is any different than any one of the employees that work at any one of the employers that might be listening to this podcast. They don't know any different. Enlighten them about what is different. So I think what what is different is that we do get data, right? We insist upon it. And now in, in 2022, there is not one reason that you should not be able to get your data. If you are self-insured, if you're fully insured, if you're on a level-funded plan, it doesn't matter. If you have two people or 500 or 5,000, we can get it. It may not be free, but we can get it. And once we have that, we can start to look at see what is going on. And you can see trends. I mean, I have a client that had a gentleman who literally died of poor medical care. In the 21st century, nobody should die of diabetes. Nobody should be having body parts lapped off. If that's happening, you're not getting good care, but maybe you're ignoring your care, but it is, it is not necessary in the 21st century for those things to happen. And this man literally had body parts lopped off and died. It was completely unnecessary and his employer knew it. And that is how I got into the mix. They knew it. They do biometric screenings and the employer's like, I got six people here with elevated A1C levels, and those six people never logged into their portal to check their test results. So he's like, I don't care if it kills me. I'm going to get medical care to these people. He said, not only is it the right thing to do, I don't want to pay those claims. So so, so that's such an interesting conversation. Not where I thought we were going to go, but I love it. The, the reality of it is there's a lot of employers that are going to listen to this. And quite honestly, advisors who are going to listen to this who think they don't want to get in the mix, right? They don't, they, they're like, hey, I don't want to make my employees think of this, nor do I want to really get in the mix. This is, this is their business, the employee being the there, mm-hmm. it's their business. But what, what you just stated, I mean, whether we're talking about a human life, Correct. like a human being, we're like they have kids. Humans. Right. Uh, and and so that's one, a human life who works for you. So productivity, absenteeism, all of those tisms words. Yep. Um, yep. And and then they are funding the claim, whether they think they're funding it through a claim or whether they're paying premium, it's still their dollar. So exactly. walk way through that rationale. Like when you talk to an employer, the importance of them in this data and the importance of them wanting to be an active participant? Like, why is this so important? So I have some clients where they don't want to be an active participant, 
they want us to be the active participant. They, they, they have some very particular parameters. We want high quality care. We want people getting all the care that they need. We would like to understand what we're paying for. We don't want to be overbilled, which happens all the time. We want to pay a fair price for medications. For that particular client, we strip any names, birth dates, gender out of all of their claim material because they don't want to see it. They don't want to know, but they expect me to know. I have other clients that are much more hands-on. And as an employer, you can know the identity of somebody. Um, and they don't they don't make much of a fuss if they know or they don't know. So we we send the claim reports, generally no names, but ages and dates of birth. And and you know, if, even if you've got 250 or 300 employees, you kind of know who people are. So yeah. and that's fine. And the parameters are the same. But the clients that work most effectively with us generally in our initial conversations give me some version of look, we'll suck it up and pay for this if we have to but we're having a problem over here. We have bad morale. We have absenteeism. We have people that are not getting the care that they need. And we think we're overpaying. Could you fix those things? It's not the bottom line or the budget is generally not the first item. It's the happy side effect. And that's a little bit of a different mindset. And, and we're sitting in the all the dumb words that they're talking about, the great resignation and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It is hard to find good employees right now, whatever we want to call it. So, I mean, what you just said there, I mean, the the ability to change the way the status quo is operating and to be able to provide a better healthcare package to employees is an opportunity to recruit, retain all of those things. Yep. And, you know, the other thing is it's easy to make decisions. So I have an employer that um, is having a recruiting problem, but they're self-funded and they've got some good cost containment mechanisms built into their plan. And we literally had a 10-minute conversation about cutting their deductible in half. They know the minimum that's going to cost them and the maximum that is going to cost them. And they're willing to absorb that to solve their deductible problem because they're getting feedback that their deductible is too high. And they literally just cut it in half. And the owner and I had a conversation along with their uh, person who acts as a general counsel and the HR person is new. And she's like, I I can't believe you just did that. And we all looked at her and we're like, what? She'd never seen that before. And there was, we actually also, in addition to reducing their deductible, we lowered their um, contribution rates. And they were already quite low. So she's like, how can you do this? I'm like, well, this is how we do this. So so I'd love to get into the this is how we do this. So I'd love to get for somebody who you pique their interest, right? The opportunity to lower what comes out of an employee's paycheck check. I I, I want to do that. I want to lower their deductible check because any employer who's listening to this, any advisor who's listening to this, anybody who's listening to this, who's a consumer of healthcare, any of us want to pay as little as possible out of our paycheck or at time of care, whatever. That's a, that's a goal and objective that everybody should have in common. Quality healthcare is something that you said, and, and that's a common goal. But the reality of this is if I think about how healthcare is handled today, 
Um, I don't know anything about quality. We just, you know, your mom is a perfect example of that. Yep. The cost trend has been going up and up and up. I only wish my 401k portfolio, you know, was uh, like that. So, so talk to me about if you're saying, hey, the, the company says to you, Allison, I care about my employees. I want them to get the highest quality health care. I am willing to do something different. What's possible? So data is first. And it will always be first. And you and I know how easy or challenging that can be. You know, if you're fully insured, it's a little bit of a, of a lift, but it is a manageable lift. And once we get that, we can see what problems are happening. You know, you may not have a metabolic syndrome problem in your organization. Maybe you're having an MSK issue. Maybe you have people who don't get good prenatal care and are having preemie babies. Maybe you have too many cancer claims. But once you understand what that is, you can address that cost. Because if you have 200 people or 100 people, 10 of them, five of them, three of them are driving your costs, right? Let everybody else go to the doctor, get an annual exam, get some blood work, make sure that people are doing that on a fairly regular basis. It doesn't cost anything, okay? It costs a couple hundred bucks a visit. Okay, fine. But if somebody's going to spend 40 or 60 or $100,000 of your money, at least make sure they're getting good quality care. That's the right thing to do for the human. And the dirtiest secret of all in healthcare is that the high quality care is almost always in the bottom quartile of cost. It may not be the cheapest, but it is far from the most expensive. So how am I as a patient getting to the highest quality care. So we already said that if I was with one of the name brand carriers, their contracts don't let me, I can't find any of that data. Right. My client or your client who just says, Allison, I'm willing to do something different. I like what you just told me. The data thing makes sense. I use data on every other purchasing decision in my life. I've never used it in healthcare for some godforsaken reason, <laughs> but it makes sense that I should probably fish where the fish are. Correct. But now I know the fish, they're going to go access healthcare. How do we help them get to the highest quality care? So I think like with most things, there's kind of a continuum, right? So it can be as easy as there are now data services that will integrate with your plan and can you can see who the high quality provider is and you can choose the high quality so provider. I've got an app of some sort. I could see it on here. Yep. Right okay. on your phone. Right on the phone. Okay. Right on the phone. So that's kind of the entry point, right? And that's kind of a voluntary thing, right? You Use can incent you that. To. You can incent okay. it. You can incent with in, within an HRA by paying part or all of the out-of-pocket or however it is that you want to do that. All the way up through 100% steerage where anything that happens outside of the doctor's office, you call the nurse first. You call the nurse first. They run your, your diagnosis through an evidence-based medicine protocol, which should be standard and is often not. Um, a little bit of noise there, right? Because people, doctors don't like to be told what to do. Um, plenty of evidence that doctors sometimes really do things that maybe aren't quite right because, oh, they think they should and they end up killing people. So we could maybe avoid a little bit of that and also pay the right price for the care that's delivered. And let me give you an example. 
I have a client that has a location in Atlanta and they have a, a person who has cancer that's being receiving chemotherapy at a very well-known hospital system there. They're paying $4,000 a dose for a chemo drug plus a infusion fee. Okay. That drug can be sourced for $1,200 and delivered at home. So once the employee understands that you're not trying to harm them, most people prefer to receive that at home and you have cut the employer's costs significantly and you have actually helped a patient have a better experience. I'm paying 25% of the cost, not less, of um, the cost, 70% yep. less, let's call it. Yep. I as the employer, the patient pays nothing in that example, and they get to have chemo, which P.S. having two parents who have passed away from cancer, seeing them after chemo treatment, they are not happy nope. and they get to do it at home. At home with the appropriate medical staff on site during delivery, right just like if you're in a facility or take somebody who um, enforce a second opinion. Even if you're fully insured, you can you can force a second opinion. You know, it used to be a second opinion was standard, and now almost nobody gets a second opinion. One of the biggest issues in in a couple of my health plans are MSK, musculoskeletal issues. You know, the number one surgery is you know disc compression, right? Yeah. You know who doesn't have that surgery? The the doc themselves. Yeah. So get a second opinion. And there's 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 five ways to do that, right? There's not well, one way, there's five ways. Find one that works for you. Especially, I mean, the, the adage, if you're going to a spine surgeon, the adage of to a hammer, everybody looks like a nail, like a nail. right? Ha has to come into play. I mean, you 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 just have to. So 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 Allison, so we 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 talked about the mom issue, right? So like, let's personalize this. So I think about this, like, I, you know, when you said the 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 noise potential when it's hey, call the nurse, but then I flip back and I go back to the beginning of the story that says mom could have avoided a hospital stay by going to a high quality provider, worse, right? To going to another provider, and if 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 I'm thinking about this and I really have a tough time with this, I, I know this is our business and I'm passionate about it, but I have a hard time with this. Again, having two parents who have passed away from cancer, wouldn't I want to know the facts and as many of them before you can't impact something that has already happened. So I would want to know before, even if that meant I was wrong because the consequence of being really wrong it can be really permanent and be forever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, doctors are very trusted hospital systems, not so much, but doctors are very trusted. And I understand that. And I respect that, but I think that, you know, medicine is so complicated and, and our, the incentives are so incredibly misaligned and, there's so many other things that go on that I think a little bit of guidance is important and helpful. You know, um, I have a, a client who has an employee who moved from one part of San Antonio to another, and there was a, a, a health system that had a medical home right near her new home. 
So she thought, well, let me just transfer all my stuff here. First decision ever. She needed something, couldn't get it, took them three days to call me. We sorted it out in an hour, but you know, I saw her and she looked like she was gonna die. I mean, she needed some help and nobody at that hospital system would give her the help because it was between Christmas and New Year's and she was a new patient and they were short staffed. Yeah. That has nothing to do with medicine. Nope. Nope. So, so Allison, I, I want to end uh, with call it a call to action, call it guidance, call it, you know, whatever. But I think of this, I am now going to celebrate my uh, 20th year in this business. Um, for the first 15, I was doing it the normal way. And I now yep. know on the back end what the real way should be done. But the majority of people do it the normal way. So I'd love to leave people uh, with that advice. So if if they've stayed on with us for you know a little less than, than 30 minutes now and they've listened to this. What's your, what's your advice? If, if an employer is sitting there saying, man, I didn't realize this is possible. This sounds amazing. I don't necessarily know how to get from point A to point B. Where, 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 where do they start? What's Allison, what's Allison's piece of advice there? So we have a roadmap that we put people through. And the first step is understand where you are now and understand what your problem is, which just leads us back to data. Um, and you know, our process is really simple, right? It's the simple form formula for solving problems. Understand what the problem is, find the appropriate solution, not the symptom solver, but the solution, and then implement it in however long you need to implement it. Because sometimes these things take a couple of years, right? You're not necessarily going to change everything. But the most important thing is to have a conversation with an advisor who's willing to have a different kind of conversation with you. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with advisors are like, well, why would you do that? Well, because it's the right thing to do. And it's a different thing to do. And this is more work and it's a different kind of work, but it ultimately it's much more satisfying. And as an employer, it gets rid of a lot of your problems, budget, morale, the great resignation issue. So start, but have a different conversation and ask different questions. Data, quality, steerage, eliminate out of pocket for employees, all of those things. And I think the more employers ask about that, the quicker we will solve this problem. Nowhere did you say the what carrier, what network, what normal conversation. So Allison, if somebody heard that's like, that roadmap thing sounds amazing. Allison DePauli sounds amazing. And they wanted to get in touch with you, follow you, listen to you, hear you, talk to you. How, how do they do that? So altique.com, you can find us there, A-L-T-I-Q-E.com. You can find us on LinkedIn, Allison Cohen DePauli. And um, we'll talk to anybody for 15 minutes. You can grab some time on my schedule. I'm happy to help. Uh, Allison, would you, uh, if anybody wanted to reach out to you to get that roadmap, can they find you on LinkedIn and say, I heard you, I want that roadmap? They can, and we'll send you a copy for the show notes. Perfect, 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 perfect. Well, man, uh, knowing you and I, if we only had a bottle of wine and an hour more, we can keep going, but uh, yes, I want people to tune into the next time. So 
Allison, thank you for uh, thank you for caring. Like, I mean, I, I bring people on this show. Um, yes, they're solving healthcare. Yes, they're doing amazing things. But at the end of the day, I think the common breed of of the people I love and bring on this show is is they get I up in the morning actually caring, and yes. and, and it's such a a big deal. So. To the audience, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, if you want to continue to follow us again, it is impacthealthcare.fm. You can get on our text community and get every episode text to you. That is 813-537-6992. And 2022 is not a year of change. Because the word change is scary, but 2022 is about optimization. It's about evolution. It's about doing the things that we know are going to drive the right results because we know what doing the wrong things is going to lead to. So let's not be insane in 2022. Allison, thank you again. Impact Healthcare crowd, thank you. And we will see everybody on the next episode. You've been listening to Impact Healthcare, people and strategies that are disrupting the health benefits industry with Lester Morales. Remember, the journey to getting 20% savings on your healthcare benefits starts with total transparency. Visit impacthealthcare.fm backslash journey to access leading industry case studies, compelling member stories, and to check out all of our podcast episodes. That's impacthealthcare.fm backslash journey. Remember to subscribe to the Impact Healthcare podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.